This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. Everything that you, you can think of, it starts with a seed. You know, out on the West Coast, uh, when you get up in nor- to Northern California and then on up into uh, Oregon and Washington, you know, they got some great trees out there, the big redwood and sequoia trees. I mean, they're so big that, you know, you, th- they can cut a tunnel through them. You can put a two-lane highway through a tree. That's a big tree. Some of them get up to 300 feet high. That's a 30-story building. That's a big tree, isn't it? You know what it started with? A seed. A seed. All growth begins with the seed. We talked about that. And we said that, that in Galatians, he talked about, he said, there is a due season. And that word literally means there is one's own season. One's own season. We have a season that we're in right now, personally, in our lives with God. And this is important that we understand what season we're in so that we know what, how to cooperate with the Spirit of God to cooperate with what God is wanting to do. Now, we said this, it's a season to sow, what? When you need a harvest. To need a harvest. Remember we talked about it, two farmers. You know, one gets out and prays and prays and prays and prays over his field. The other one gets out, plants seed and prays over his field. Guess who's going to get the harvest? The one that put the seed in and prayed. See, sometimes I I meet Christians and they're praying and praying and praying and praying, but they don't have any seed in their field. It's like I I say all the time, God's blessing all the time. What's a million times zero? You, You give God zero, he's blessing it. Come on. So it's a season to sow when you need a harvest. It's a season to grow when we have sown. It's a season to reap when the harvest is ready. And it's a season of recovery before the next cycle. So today, we're going to be talking about the sowing season. The sowing season. Remember we said, when do we need to sow? When we need a harvest. What do you need? I hear people all the time, oh, pastor, pray for me. I need peace. But they're sowing seeds of worry, seeds of fear, seeds of doubt. You, you listen to them talk, and you hear, hey, if you're sowing watermelon seed, you can pray for God to give you tomatoes all day long. You're getting watermelon. Come on. Now, don't, don't misunderstand me. I believe in prayer. Anybody that knows me knows that. I believe in prayer. I pray all the time. Like Paul said, pray without ceasing. Ceasing. I mean, I'm praying all the time. I pray when I'm out shopping. I pray when I'm driving in the car. I'm praying in the middle of the night. I pray all the time. But here's the thing. You've got to have some seed. Jesus said, this is how the kingdom is, what the kingdom is like. A man sows seed. Of course, we know that also means a woman sows seed. Seed don't care who you are. That's the other thing about it, isn't it? See, it doesn't care about your background, doesn't care about your race, doesn't care about what, where you've been, doesn't care about any of that. 
if you will plant, whoever will plant the seed, Jesus said, the seed will produce. Now, you know, years ago, and, and maybe some of you have, remember reading about this. I remember reading a little book about this when I was growing up. Anybody ever heard of Johnny Appleseed? Johnny Appleseed. Do you know he was, he was actually not a legend? He was a real person? Yeah, in the 1800s, he, his name, his real name was John Chapman. He was born in 1774. And he began to, you know, legend says that he, he was like, you know, he wandered around and he was planting seeds here and there and everywhere. But they've done some study about him and they found out that he didn't just, you know, arbitrarily just sow seed here and there and everywhere. Actually, what he did, he was very careful and he was very organized and over a period of 50 years, he bought and sold tracts of land and developed thousands of productive apple trees. He had a dream that if he could plant enough seed and grow enough apple trees and enough apples, nobody would be hungry. And so wherever he went, he carried a leather bag filled with seed. Are you getting it? <laughs> and, he, and wherever he went, where he found a good spot, he planted seed, and he'd go back, and he'd tend to those seed, and they would begin to grow up. And in the process of time, he would sell those seeds or, or give away a plot or whatever, but he was very successful at doing that. And in the process of time, he became known as Johnny Appleseed. Everybody forgot who he was. But here's the thing. We can learn some lessons from this. That is this, that every one of us, whether we realize it or not, Every day, we're sowing seed. Every day, we're sowing seed. What are we sowing? Johnny Appleseed sowed seeds on purpose. He sowed apple seed. That was what he wanted. He wanted to grow a crop of apple seed. So what did he plant? He planted apple seed. Isn't that right? So the question today is, what does it mean to be in a sowing season? What does it mean to be in a sowing season? It is a season to sow. Let me ask you this. Do you like what you are eating? I don't, I'm not just talking about the meal you had for breakfast or what you're going to have for lunch today. I'm talking about the spiritual nourishment that you eat from each day. Is it a troubled mind? A troubled heart? One that feels condemned or guilty? One that's fearful because I think about all the stuff that's happening in the earth. What are we going to do? What, what's it coming to? All of that kind of thing. You know what? You say, well, I can't help that. I mean, it's just, that's just the way I am. No, that's the seed you sown. Did you know it takes no more energy to believe than it does to worry? As a matter of fact, the Bible says it's really it's easier because in believing there's rest. He that believeth enters into rest. Now, what Hebrew says? So really, it's, it's a lot easier to, to sow seeds of faith in my heart, sow seeds of faith in my life. Because here's the thing. If you don't like what you're eating, it's not a matter of praying. It's okay to pray. But listen, you need to change the seed you're sowing. Sow some seeds that produce peace. What does he say over there in Isaiah? He said, you will keep him in perfect peace whose thoughts, whose mind, thoughts are stayed 
are focused upon you, upon God. Isn't that right? When I focus on His provision, when I focus on His promise, when I focus on His goodness, His grace, His blessing, His forgiveness, His strength, His presence with me, I have peace. But if I focus on the wrong things, you can, you can be up at night pacing the floor, you can be up worried, you can be up, and fear can dominate you, even though you're a child of God. So the first thing is, you know, if I don't like what I'm eating, I need to change what I'm sowing. And see, some people, it's amazing. Some Christians think that the way you change what you have is by complaining. If I complain enough, God's going to do something. Come on. You know what I'm talking about? Every time you see them, it's a woe is me tale. Oh, woe is me. Life is hard. Life is tough. Oh, you just don't know how hard I got it. This is wrong, and that is wrong, and this is wrong. And, you know, and you know the cat bit me, and, you know, and the dog left home. And, I mean, nothing's going right. Come on. You see, if you want something different, you've got to understand about sowing seed. And that's why I talk about, you know, a lot of people, empty hearts and empty barns. Empty hearts and empty barns. Because here's the thing. You know, how will your barn be filled? How will your heart be filled? It will be filled according to the harvest you reap. And the harvest, you back it up. What is the harvest dependent on? The seed that you sow. Oh, pastor, I just have a... I just struggle so hard believing God. I mean, man, it just seems like doubt comes so easy for me. That's, that tells you that's the seed you've been sowing. See, you've got a harvest of doubt. You know what's in your barn? Doubt. So what is it easy to do? Doubt. When you look in your barn, what's in there? Doubt. What do you see? Doubt. So what is it easy to do? Doubt. But you know, if you turn that around, the Bible says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the the seed, the Word of God. So you know what? You can fill your heart, fill your barn with faith so that every time you look in there, there's faith. Every time you you go to, to the table to eat, there's faith. And every time you begin to speak out, what? There's faith. Faith in God. Faith in His Word. It's a much better way to live. I can tell you that. So here's the thing. We have to choose our seed. And you know, whether you realize it or not, you are. So why not choose your seed on purpose? Isn't that right? If you came to me after the service today and said, Pastor, you know what? Man, I, 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 want, I want a crop, you know, a, a, I want to grow some cucumbers. I, I mean, man, I want to grow some cucumbers so bad. Pray for me. You know what I tell you? You don't need prayer. Go get some cucumber seeds and go plant them in the ground. Now, once you get the seed in the ground, pray over it. But it doesn't do any good to pray till you get some seed in there. Isn't that right? Remember we said, it's not Christian magic. See, some people think, oh, I just, you know, I pray and I say the right words and voila, God will do it. No, Jesus said, this is how the kingdom is. This is how the kingdom works. And then he talks about seed and he talks about the process of the seed growing. So here's the thing, you know, you need to, you know, sowing, you choose your seed. What do you want? Peter said, this is incorruptible seed. You know, I I read, I think it was in National Geographic or somewhere, I read one time that, that, you know, in opening up, you know, some of the 
those pyramids, the tombs of the kings in Egypt, that they found some seed that was like uh, several millennia old. And when they they put it in, in water and put it in the right thing, it still sprouted out. Well, the Bible says that God's Word is incorruptible. That means that, that it always produces. You're never going to take the seed of God's Word and it fail you. You can count on it. It works every time. It works for whosoever will. It'll work for anybody that will take the seed and plant it in their heart. Isn't that true? Remember the religious people, you know, in Jesus' day, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and all those scribes, you know, they thought that they, they were, they were uh, in on the blessing and in on the kingdom because of all the stuff they did. And Jesus said, listen, let me tell you something. He said, all these sinners and publicans that are quick to believe this and receive the seed of the word that I'm teaching, he said, they're going to come in ahead of you. Woo. That made, that made the religious people mad. So choose your seed. Sowing also does this. It positions you for the next season. There can't be any growing if there hasn't been any sowing. You got, you know, you are farmers. You farm out. You can't do it. I, you know, I told you last week, I'll say it again to those of you maybe that didn't grow up on a farm or in the country. You know, you go to Publix or, or wherever you shop, I'm going to tell you what, that's not where they grow that stuff. They don't grow in the produce section. Somebody somewhere has to understand that there's got to be seed on purpose sown in the ground for there to be a harvest. So sowing prepares you what for the next season, the growing season. And so you need to ask yourself, hey, do I have any seed in the ground? If I don't have any seed in the ground, there's not going to be any growing. If there's not any growing, there's not going to be any harvest. See, you can get all frustrated. I don't understand. I'm praying all the time, passing ours, but I'm not getting anything. Well, have you got any seed in the ground? It prepares you for the next season. We'll talk about that in the process of time. There is no growing without sowing. That's true about our personal lives, our personal walk with the Lord. I want to tell you something. A Sunday morning service is not enough for you to grow. Now, it will help you. But listen... You, you, need to be, you need to be sowing seed and watering the seed you've got. You need to be sowing seed all during the week. Sowing good seed. Sowing good seed. You know, we go out on the workplace, most of us that work, maybe there might be some that are retired, but uh, hallelujah. <laughs> but so, most of us work. You know, especially if you're out working, you know, on the job site or you're working at the factory or you're working in the office, wherever you are. You know, and there's stuff going on all the time. You know, those are potential seeds. But here's, let me just say this. Under God, you are the master of your garden. People can try to sow seed, but it does not have to affect you unless what? You take it as your seed. I don't have to let somebody else plant and sow in my garden. Are you listening? I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. So let's talk about purposing your seed. Purposing your seed. (laughs) 
Turn over to 2 Corinthians. How are you doing out there? Uh, we're going to read a couple of verses. I would encourage you to go back and read this whole chapter, but for the sake of time, I, we cannot do that right now as much as I'd like to. But I want to read in verse 10 and 11. He's talking about sowing seed here throughout uh, this chapter here. But I want you to notice in verse 10, he said, Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. Through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. We're talking about purposing our seed. Now, notice he said there is seed for eating and seed for sowing. God gives, always gives us seed enough for two things. You need to eat. How I many you know you need that? <laughs> yeah. Might could miss a couple myself, but mostly we need to eat, don't we? So he said there's seed for eating and there's seed for sowing. So you need to purpose with what God is doing in your life that you set aside some seed for eating but some seed for sowing. Now, I'm not just talking about at offering time. That, that's what he's talking about specifically. But the seed sowing, purposing that seed, a seed is anything that I have that I can give into the life of someone else so that what? It will benefit them. It might be knowledge. It might be, you know, so, you know more than you giving me 10 bucks or 20 bucks. It might be you giving me some of your wisdom. might be worth a whole lot more than 10 or 20 bucks. Isn't that right? Maybe it's a skill you have. Maybe it's an encouragement that you can give. Maybe it's it, you've built yourself up and your faith is strong and you can hold someone else in, up in prayer. Whatever it might be. But there's always seed that benefits me, seed for eating, and there's always seed for sowing. And we need to sow on purpose. Now, you know, sometimes people get a little uptight, you know, at offering time here. But, you know, if you think about it and look at Paul, Paul was working on the offering, you know, many, many weeks and months in advance. Go back and read the context. He says, I'm telling you this so that when I get there, it'll already be ready. You will have purposed your seed, you will have prayed about it, you will have uh, listened to God, you will have the seed. God says, this is seed for you to eat, but this is seed for you to sow. He said, you'll have it ready ahead of time so that there won't, you won't have to do it from just a knee-jerk reaction. You won't have to do it because somebody played on your sympathies. He said, you will do it because what? You purposed to sow this seed. And you know what? That's what we should do every week. Let me just sidetrack here a minute about the offering. You know, don't wait till you get to church to decide what you're going to give. Pray and purpose that seed ahead of time. Because you know what? You'll have greater joy in giving. And you'll know that you heard from God. You'll know that you didn't react to, you know, to, to, to some pressure or anything that might... Not that we put pressure on you, but you don't react in any way like that or out of your emotions. You did it purposely under God. And in all the areas of our life, we need to learn to purpose our seed. What? Okay. Anytime there's a harvest in my life, I need to say, okay, God, what part of this harvest is seed for sowing? 
where I can take what I've learned, what you've taught me, what you've put in me, or whatever it might be, spiritually, socially, encouragement, financially, whatever it may be. What part of this is seed for sowing? Because in sowing is your increase. Increase is in the seed you sow. Increase. Mm. Now, remember this. Seed sown is more valuable than seed in the barn. Seed sown is more valuable than seed in the barn. Seed in the barn cannot multiply. Just like that seed that was in that, that pyramid for three, four, five, six thousand years, it did not sprout, it did not reproduce. Why? It was not ever sown. And so we need to understand this. If I won't increase, somebody says, oh, pastor, pray for me that I'll know God better. Well, I'll pray for you for that, but you know what? You need to plant some seed. You mean plant seed for spiritual growth? Absolutely. Didn't, didn't God say, you draw close to me? What will he do? What's the seed you plant? I draw close to him. In his word, reading his word, meditating his word, prayer, listening to God. I get in the Word of God. I get in the presence of God. I get into my prayer closet. I spend time with God. And you know what? I'm sowing a seed. I'm drawing closer to God. And He says, I'm going to draw closer to you. And you know, you'll find that you'll grow. You'll grow spiritually. You'll grow in love. You'll grow in faith. You'll grow in hope. You'll grow in obedience. You'll grow in every way. But not until you plant a seed. You can pray and pray and pray and pray. I've seen people go under praying because they didn't understand this principle. Again, don't misunderstand me. I'm not, I'm not knocking prayer. I believe in prayer. I pray all the time. But you need to have some seed along with your praying. Seed sown is always more valuable than what's in the barn. Now, I want to tell you something. Your natural flesh will debate that. Man, I need to keep this seed. I mean, I need to hang on to this because what if, what if, what if? Well, if you want to plant the seed of what if rather than the seed that God is telling you to plant, then don't be surprised if you get the what if. <laughs> so, you, you ever notice how many people are, 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 you know, have you ever heard anybody say this? Well, I'm just, you know, I'm just going to save this seed for, you know, for a rainy day. Well, guess what you're going to have? A rainy day. Guarantee you. Because why? That's the seed you're planting. I'm planting for a rainy day. You say, you mean if I don't plant, I won't have any rainy days? No. But when the rainy day comes and you plant your seed, then your faith can be in God and not just in your resources. So we purpose our seed. Listen to this. When what you have is not enough, repurpose it to become your seed. When what you have is not enough, repurpose it to become your seed. I mean, it's not going to meet your need anyway, right? <laughs> it's, it's not. You ever been there where it was not enough? Ooh, I can't tell you how many times. I, I, you heard me tell about, man, when we were missionaries in Argentina, man. You couldn't, you know, the government wouldn't allow you to work. You couldn't work, so you had to live by faith. Man, I'd call home. We talked to her, you know, this was way before the Internet, cell phones, any of that stuff, way back. Stone Age days. 
you know, you'd, you'd, you'd call home long distance, you know, and say, you know, uh, uh, how much money we got in the bank? Zero. And, you, you know, I'd just go to shouting because if I didn't go to shouting, then my head would start talking to me. You ever been there? You know, the old, what you going to do now? What you going to do now? You know, that course would come up. You know, because I had a wife and two, two kids in diapers to support as well as to do what God said to do. So, you know, you want to know you got some seed in the ground. So when what you don't have is not enough, what do you do? You immediately look, oh, okay, I'm going to plant some seed. Now, we won't read it. I'll just reference this scripture. 1 Kings 17, 10 through 15, you know the story. There was a, a drought came on the land of Israel. God sent a drought. It was judgment because Israel had abandoned God, began to worship idols, began to f- f- uh, worship false gods. There was a drought that came on the land. God, you know, he sent the prophet down by the, ro- the, b- the brook, uh, you know, when, the, when it first started. And he sent the ravens to bring him food, you know, in the morning and then at night. Hello? Wow. Way before there was a drone, there was a bird. <laughs> you know, we talk about drone delivering your pizza and all. <laughs> Elijah had the original uh, living drone, didn't he? God commanded the ravens and they brought him. And he drank from the brook. But in the process of time, guess what? The brook dried up. You know, what are you going to do when the brook runs dry and the birds won't fly? I'd like to say you're in a pickle, but that would be too good of a place. (laughs) So God spoke to him. You know the story. He said, I have commanded a widow woman in Zarephath to to what? To sustain you. So the prophet goes. You know the story. He goes, he goes, he finds this widow woman. She's out gathering sticks, you know, to build a fire to cook by. And he says, hey. I mean, can you imagine the audacity of this guy telling this poor old widow woman trying to take care of her son. He said, hey, go make me a cake first. You selfish, it's one of them TV preachers. <laughs> and he said, you go make me one first. And she said, as the Lord lives, she said, I only got enough for one more meal. As a matter of fact, I was gathering enough wood. We're going to build a fire. We're going to cook this last meal, and we're going to die. Well, it sounded like she ain't got the telegram yet. She ain't got the memo that God was going to use her to support all of them. So the prophet said, look, go do what you said. Cook, cook the meal, but make me a little cake, a portion of it, a seed of it first. He didn't take the whole thing. You go back and read it. He said, make me a little cake from it first. Then make something for you and your child. And here's what the Lord God has said, that the meal bearer will not fail, and the oil crews will not fail for the duration of this famine. And it didn't. She planted a seed which wasn't big enough to meet her need. She purposed her seed. And God gave the increase, didn't he? We're talking about a growing season. So what do we do? Sowing for increase. Sowing for increase. Anybody need increase in your life? You know, don't get stuck 
in one season. Because as soon as you do, that will be your last season. Isn't that right? Because it's not growing season all the time. It's not harvest season all the time. Now, how many of you like harvest time? Boy, I do. Don't you? Man, I like when harvest comes in. I like when Papa blesses and moves and, and in my life spiritually and, and he moves in my life in other ways and the blessing of God is on you and you're enjoying it. Man, I love harvest, don't you? It's a happy time. It's a joyous time. But you can't live in harvest all the time. And many times there are, unfortunately, teachers and preachers of the gospel that will lead you to think that you live in the harvest all the time. And it's made a lot of frustrated believers, children of God, because they're thinking, well, I don't understand why I've sown, why why am I not in harvest time? Because it may be growing time for you. It may be recovery season for you, getting ready for the next season to sow. We'll be talking about that in the process of time. But increase is in the seed you sow. There is no increase without seed. I, it doesn't matter. Jesus said, this is how the kingdom of God is. How does the kingdom of God expand? How is Passion Church going to grow? Because we, we, we come together and we pray real hard. Well, that, that's good. But it's going to come about because what? We get the seed of the gospel outside these four walls. Isn't that right? Each of us in our world... What? Taking the seed, what we have. And listen, you have more than enough for God to use if you will just get it out of the bag and into the ground. The ground of people's hearts. Give them the gospel. Give them your testimony. You know, people argue about theology. They can't argue about testimony. You're like the guy, you know, they kept asking him. He said, he said I've already told you. He said, I'll tell you again. I was once blind. Now I can see Jesus did it. End of discussion. He split hairs about your theology all you want to. All I know is I was blind, now I can see, and Jesus did it. This is the way my life was. Jesus came into my life, came into my heart. He forgave my sins. He gave me a new life. This is how I am now. See, just give them the seed. How are we going to grow? We've got to get seed in the ground, isn't that right? We've got to get the gospel out, out of us, out of this place. We've got to get it out there in every man's world. So increases in the seed you sow. God will get new seed to sowers. Notice what he said? Now he supplies seed to the sower. He didn't say seed. He didn't start out saying I'm going to supply seed for you to eat, he said, I'm going to supply seed to the sower. The order is important. Because, see, I know me. I know my flesh, my, my humanity outside of Christ. You know what? It wants to eat first. Take care of me first. Take care of me first. Then if I have any left over, maybe I'll give you a little bit of it. But he said, that's not, God doesn't, doesn't furnish seed to that attitude. He said he, he will give and increase seed to the sower. So as you sow, whatever it is you have to give, 
Whatever it is of yourself, your talents, your ability, your treasure, whatever you have that you can give to help another person, to help someone else, to help the kingdom of God. He said, that's a seed. And when you become a sower on purpose, God says, you can mark it down. He says, I'm going to make sure that you have more seed to sow. Pardon me. A seed, as I said, is anything you can contribute to another. Time, talents, knowledge, finances, so forth. Sow your seed with an expectation of harvest. We're talking about doing something on purpose. See, there can get to be so much mysticism sometimes in Christianity. You know, it's just that, you never know what God's going to do. Boo-boo. <laughs> What's He going to do? You know, because many times we let, you know, Uh, Hollywood or some other one, project what the spirit realm is like. There's ghosts and ghouls and vampires and zombies and all that. That's as phony baloney. Are you listening to me? Listen, the spiritual realm has laws that govern it, just like the natural law has laws that govern it. Isn't that right? The Bible says, faith worketh by love. See, there's a governor God puts on faith, as mighty as faith is. The great promises that God says, you know, whatsoever things you ask, you know, in believing, you shall have. All the great promises about faith. But God's put a governor on faith. So you can't use it purely in a selfish way because what? Faith works by agape, God's love. So if your motivation is purely selfish, your faith's not going to work for you. Are you listening to me? Now, faith will work to meet your needs, but if it's done in a selfish heart, that it's not about love, it's not about sowing, it's not about giving out from itself. Listen, don't worry about it. Don't worry about, oh, man, all these people, you know, name it and claim it and blab it and grab it. Listen, God's got it a built-in governor on, on all the things that He does. And He said, this is the way it's going to work. And you can cry and squall and bawl and kick and fuss, but it's not going to change God. We have to line up with Him, don't we? So sow your seed with an expectation of harvest. Jesus said it this way. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will men pour into your life. So here's the thing. We've got to sow what? With an expectation. See, it amazes me, you know, some people in the body of Christ, they get mad at you when you talk about sowing with an expectation. Well, go get mad at the farmer. How dare the farmer plant that seed and expect to get a harvest? The old selfish thing. Then he's going to sell it and get money for it. Of all the things you ever heard. But yet when we talk about the kingdom of God sowing seed and expecting to harvest, somehow they think that's unspiritual. No, that is spiritual. That is the kingdom. That is the way it works. Amen? Or sow your seed with an expectation of a harvest. We're talking about sowing season, entering a new season. Right now we're talking about the way to enter a new season is what? you got to sow some seed. If you're at a place where you say, I, I know I need to enter a, a new season. I need a harvest to grow in a certain area of my life. Well, here's the thing. 
purpose the harvest on purpose. Don't plant tomatoes if you need watermelon. Come on. And then gripe because you got watermelon. Well, I prayed for tomatoes, Pastor. I don't know how, where these weeds and briars come from. You old big fibber. <laughs> they came because you let them grow up there. You planted them in. That's the seed you planted. You, the good news is you can turn it around. You can turn it around. Amen? Fields for sowing. Real quickly, I have to close here. What are some fields for sowing? Number one, people in need of the seed you have to sow. Look out beyond yourself first. Anytime, usually we start talking about sowing seed and reaping a harvest. Many times the human nature is we want to focus inward. No, focus outward. Who is there around you, your neighborhood, your coworkers, your family, whoever it may be? Even, Jesus said, your enemies. Whoa, if you really want to go really out there. And sow seed. In what seed have you had? You can sow into their life. Sow it on purpose. Sow it freely. Sow it with the, from the love of God. Just give it to them. Sow, sow, sow. You know, when he lost people, start sowing the seed of God's love, of God's grace, God's forgiveness, the gospel. Sow it into their life. Yeah, but they might get mad at me. Who cares? Nobody ever died because somebody got mad at them. They might not like me. Nobody ever died because somebody didn't like them. Come on, folks. We're better than that. I know we are. People in your daily life, that's what I mentioned, your world, your world. Jesus said, <clears throat> you know, he said this. He said, go into all the world, didn't he? And preach, declare the gospel. Well, you know, he was talking, you know, if you, if you look at it in context, he's talking about all of his disciples going into all of the world. He's not talking about you are responsible for reaching everybody in the world. Amen. There's over a billion people in China. How are you going to reach all of them? No. This is what he was saying. He said, if each one of us, as his disciple, as his children, will reach our world. In other words, all those people that you are what? Daily in contact with. Every one of us have a, 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 a circle, a group of people that we are regularly in contact with. And you know what? Jesus said, that's where you plant your seed. Plant your seed. And it starts what? with a gospel seed. What? That God loves them. That God's provided forgiveness. God's provided salvation. That's where it starts. But then we move on from there. But you can offer encouragement. Isn't that right? You can offer whatever you may have. You see somebody in need and you have a seed to meet that need. Why don't you sow it? Ooh, it gets awful quiet. You know, one of the preachers that trained me years ago, he said, if you, want to, if you want to get it real quiet in the church, he said, talk about people's money or their kids. He said, a great quiet will come over. All right. And then lastly, in your own life, growing spiritually. Jesus said, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. 
You want to grow? Feed life. Feed life into your spirit. Not fear. Not doubt. Not garbage. Not worry. Not junk. He said, my word. He said, they are life. Spirit and they are life. Faith will grow. Hope will grow. Goodness will grow. Patience will grow. All the fruit of the Spirit that he talks about over there in Galatians 5, it will begin to grow in great abundance if we feed on this. Sow that seed into your life. You know, I've found over the years, whenever I was going through a a test or a trial, anybody ever go through one of those difficulties in life, that to the degree that I was walking in the Spirit, to that degree, it was easy to go through the trial. But to the degree that I let my flesh and this bump on my head worry and control everything, oh, man, I couldn't sleep, I couldn't eat, I had no peace, I don't want to, you know. So it's really not the test or the trial that defeats us. It is what? What we have sown or we have failed to sow in our hearts that defeats us. Are you listening? And so that's why now, if you're not going through a test or trial, build yourself up. If you are going through a test and a trial, build yourself up. Get into the Word and build yourself up. Now, let me give you some suggestions on some action steps for this week. First, let me start with a question. Do you have an empty barn in your life? Do you have an empty barn? An area of your life where you say, you know what? This is not as God intended. There's an empty barn. There's an empty place. There's an empty space. Something's not right. You know, there's lack in this area. It may be spiritually. It may be socially. It may be financially. It may be in your body. Whatever it is, there's an, there's an empty barn, as it were, in that place. You know what? That tells me, I, I, you know, what kind of seed I need to go plant. Are you listening? People all the time over the years would tell me, Pastor, I just don't, man, it's just too much. This Bible, it's just, there's so much in here. It's, there's so much God has said. I'm just, I'm all confused. I don't know where to start. Where do I start? I've heard people say, start over here reading John. And other people said, start over here in Revolutions. And I just don't know where to go. I mean, Revelations. <laughs> you know, I always ask them, I said, well, wait a minute. Where is the area of your life that there's lack. That's a good place to start, isn't that right? When Jesus began to speak to people, what did He speak to them? He met their needs, what? In the area of their lack, didn't He? That's where He started. So if you've got an empty barn, so to speak, in your life, do that, you know, that tells you what you need to to be sowing toward. What seed do you have now that you can sow? Everybody's got seed. Everybody's got seed. You say, I absolutely have no seed. Then you need to talk to God because He said He will give seed to those who are willing to sow. I got a good resource for a lot of seed. Amen. God's storehouse of seed right here in the Bible. Incorruptible seed. Jesus said it's spirit, it's life. It will not over, in Isaiah said, it will not return void. It will accomplish what it's sent forth to do. Isn't that right? 
Get some seed and plant it on purpose. Plant it in your heart if you have to. But get some seed. Plant it out away from you. Give it into somebody else's life and heart. And that brings me to the last one. What fields could you sow that seed into? In other words, in your world, I guarantee you, there are people that you that could need what you have to sow. That need what you have to sow. And listen, remember what we said? That giant red oak tree, 300 foot tall, started with a seed. A seed. We're talking about entering a new season. How do we enter a new season? Am I just in the right place at the right time? And all of a sudden, boom, God falls and there we are. Hallelujah, we don't know how it happened. But I'd be like a farmer getting up one day and driving by. and said, wow, look at that. What is that? I don't know. Let's call it corn. Okay, that's a field of corn. We don't know where it came from. Man, it's tasty though, isn't it? But what if they did farming that way? Wouldn't work, would it? So a seed, a seed, everything begins with a seed. If you need a new season, I want to encourage you, begin to plant some new seeds. If you've got an empty barn in your life, in an area of your life, sow the seed for the harvest you need. And, you know, and take, find something, find something you have and begin to give it away to somebody else as a seed. Encouragement, the gospel, prayer, something, but something, you have something. Would you bow your heads just a moment? I want to pray. I'm going to let you go here in just a couple of minutes. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.